On the Newman Jets Audio Network, this is the JetCast, the official podcast of Newman University Athletics, featuring exclusive interviews with coaches, players, administrators, and more. The JetCast podcast is brought to you by South Central Ceiling and Paving, online at scsealing.com. Mel Hambledon Ford, Pepsi, Allstate Insurance Agent Mike Light, Eck Agency, Donlinger Construction, Big Corner Creative, Dr. Brennan Lucas and Advanced Orthopedic Associates, Keystone Solid Surfaces, and by Overland Charters, the official transportation provider of Newman University Athletics. Here's the voice of the Newman Jets, Blake Kreps. The Newman Jets baseball team returns home for a big weekend on Friday and Saturday, the last home series of the season for the Jets as they welcome in Rogers State. One o'clock first pitch Friday and Saturday. Not only that, but it's Senior Day Friday, then the long-anticipated Paul Sandigorski Day on Saturday to honor the legendary former NU head coach. And if that wasn't big enough, this is a huge series for the Jets against an old Heartland Conference rival, Roger State, and would go a long way if the Jets could sweep to get them back into the MIAA tournament hunt. With that, we welcome you in to the JetCast episode number 43. Coming up on the show today, we say on the program, you hear it in the open there, this is for Newman coaches, players, administrators, and more. We've got a lot more for you this week. It's all baseball. We've got a Newman Athletics Hall of Famer, Kelly Gall, coming up, and Rod Stevenson, a player, a former Jet on that 1983 NAIA District 10 championship team that finished third at the NAIA World Series. He is coming up as well, but of course we're leading it all off with the head coach of the Newman Jets, Drew Mouse. Coach, uh, appreciate it. Uh, obviously for you, this is a, a really big weekend. Obviously saying goodbye to some seniors this weekend, but um, obviously this Paul Sandigorski day is, is a big one that we've been literally waiting years for at this point now. Uh, hopefully it's going to get to happen, and uh, I know that there's rain in the forecast, but um, going to be great to – I know it's been great for you to get to connect with all these former players. And if that wasn't enough, it's a real big series against a Heartland Conference rival. Yeah, uh, we're excited. I think the – what is it now? 15 months that we've been waiting for Paul Sandigorski <laughs> yeah. Day, um, just about. So it's good to actually to be here, um, be on the doorstep of that event. I think it's a, a great thing um, with the amount of people that – we're expecting to be here for Paul Sandigorski Day for our seniors um, to be able to see the admiration not only towards a former coach but towards um, the baseball program in and of itself and especially for the younger guys in the program to see um, how much love there is is for Newman baseball. So Last time out for you, uh, two games to one, couldn't quite get the series win at Pittsburgh State split on Saturday, and then uh, just didn't find the offense there on the uh, Sunday. That, that was a series that was moved from Friday, Saturday to Saturday, Sunday. What were your thoughts on that, on that close one against the Gorillas? And, you know, you've been talking about so many times this year, putting yourself in opportunities to win series, and, and you did that again this weekend, but just couldn't quite finish it off. Yeah, I thought, um, especially in Game 3, I want to say there was three innings in a row that we had an opportunity to score a run, um, just didn't come up with a big hit, and and they did a really good job of um, just tacking on another run, tacking on another run um, to kind of put us out of touch, which um, it's why they're a good baseball team. Um, you know, I, I, the same thing still needs to happen as we move forward. Just need to to play better on defense and to keep throwing more strikes. Um, you know, hope. Thankfully, this past weekend we got two games of a good outing. Um, on the mound, I thought Ryan threw okay 
on in game one, um, but we just had some some lapses in, in defense and um, in the bullpen, and I think that can be corrected moving forward. A split on Saturday. You've talked about how you you have felt that this team has done a good job of of not mentally checking themselves out of the season and of series. How big is it for? Uh, how big was it for you guys to come back and get that game two win to to give yourself a chance to win that series on Sunday uh, because of that game two win on Saturday? Yeah, I you know I think um, there's times when our guys play a little too tight. Um, you know, making a mistake leads them to to playing tight. And I thought in the second game on Saturday they did a really good job of just going out and playing and and not worrying about necessarily what the score was at the end of the game, but just playing the best baseball that they can. And you know. Albeit they end up winning a game playing sure. that way. So, funny how that works. Yeah, yeah. Connor Langrell um, was a, a big starter for you in that Pitt State series. Started out the season in the bullpen, mm-hmm. got roughed up against Missouri Southern, but came back with a season high eight strikeouts against Pitt State. What's been the biggest adjustment for him moving from the bullpen, and how nice was it to see him come back with a fairly decent start that gave you gave you guys a, a pretty good chance to win that ball game against the Gorillas? I think uh, going from the bullpen where he's not throwing a lot of pitches and a lot of innings, um, you know, we went two weekends in a row where he threw really well. And then I think he got a little tired after throwing that much in two week back-to-back weekends, struggled, then had another good weekend, and then Missouri Southern, I think, caught up to him again. Um, and I don't actually think he threw from a watching him throw. Like, I don't think the performance was that bad. Now, obviously, the stat line wasn't good. But, <laughs> For sure. um, you know, he, he was missing missing one pitch, and then the next pitch had to come in and actually throw a strike. And he gets hit. Um, whereas this weekend, similar story. He actually flipped it to where he didn't have his best stuff um, throwing wise. You know, couldn't really get the curveball going. Uh, struggled with with command on the fastball, but um, he competed and and I think you know kind of willed himself through the game to make sure that we could get outs. And I. I I appreciate the performance in that manner. Well, and, and another guy who who didn't start well this year was Devin Beard, and he came back with a six-hit series against the Gorillas, had four hits in game two, went one for two in the other games. Talk about the adjustments that he's made at the plate, and he's hitting the ball really, really well. Maybe the best series that he's had offensively. I didn't, I didn't check the numbers. Maybe there's another one he's had more hits in, but um, in terms of putting hits together in three games, it might, might have been his best offensive series of the season. Yeah, I think he he, um, you know, ever he, he missed uh, was it Northwest Missouri? I believe. I believe that's Northwest correct. Missouri with a groin injury, um, and I, I think since he's come back, he's been trying to do too much and trying to do too much. And we've kind of talked to him about, you know, I, I don't need you to be um, all conference. I just need you to be the best thing that you can when we need you to be the best thing that we can. And um, you know, he did that. I think he, there was a couple at bats where he let off an inning by getting on base. Um, which is all we could ask for him from from him, and um, you know that helped us especially in game two, with allowing us to keep pounding and scoring more runs throughout the game. Obviously, the, the games this weekend are big, and we're going to get back to those. But you know, it's more than just about the baseball this weekend. Once again, one o'clock on Friday and Saturday, Senior Day on Friday, Paul Senegorski Day on Saturday, and I know that as part of this initiative, and one thing that you really talked about when I interviewed viewed you the first time when you were introduced as the Newman baseball coach, 
was that you wanted to make a connection with a local alumni. That's something that Coach Ealing in his last years really started to, to focus on was to build up that relationship because there are a lot of Newman baseball players left. They're one of the most active alumni groups for Newman University. What's it been like for you as a new head coach coming in and, and making that connection and trying to build on it, and now obviously it culminating with Paul Sanagorski Day this weekend. What's that been connection? That connection been like building that with former players? It's been really good. Um, you know, this past summer during COVID, we had uh, happy hour Zoom with Coach Sanagorski, um, and I think there was about ten or twelve guys that hopped on that. Um, Chris Clausen, Kelly, um, Rod, Tad hopped on it as well, um, and. You know, getting getting to them and, and to know them, um, and really, you talk to them for five minutes, and you you see the love that they have for Coach Sanagorski. Rod will make it hard for you to talk to him yeah, for only five yeah, minutes. Yeah. Rod, <laughs> Kelly, Rod and Kelly, it you there's no five minute conversation. <laughs> like you've got to you've got to make sure you're ready for that talk. Um, but they love they love him. Um, they love their time at Newman. Um, they I mean they loved it and. Um, obviously time has changed both, you know, with, with the way that college athletics moves and everything like that. And I think that, um, getting more players to campus, former players, I'm sorry, more former players, more alumni to campus, um, and, and then seeing other schools in the conference and see how they, they do things, I think will help them get more on board with what, what the school is trying to do what the athletic department's trying to do. And then really, uh, you know, I, I know that Coach Shanagorski is in the Hall of Fame already, and, you know, his number has been retired. No one wears 11. No one wears 11. And, um, but showing that at the field is, is the biggest thing that when I took over that I thought we needed to do was, you know, everybody talks about him. Like, we, then we need to show that we love him just as much as his former players do. Sure. And so um, we haven't really figured that whole thing out yet. But I think there needs to be appreciation for him at the field some way. Well, and one thing that I did want to mention is you do have some field upgrades. And as you walk in now, obviously they've redone the kind of the diamond sports complex out there. And it's affected softball as well. They've got a gate there, ticket booth, and then obviously the new pavement going to both fields for softball and for McCarthy Field for baseball. But there, as you walk by as a fan and, and for the players to get to their clubhouse, you walk by and you've got a plaque set up on the side there that's got some of the, the draft picks. Of course, the last one, Tyler Bugner to the Rockies. Fantastic player, all Heartland Conference player. Um, and, and then you've also got a plaque for some of the Hall of Famers right. from the baseball program, including that 1983 team, including Santa Gorski. So uh, you, you've really tried to, to, to reference the history. Uh, what do you hope that your guys and the fans will, will take from that when they see that, when they come out to watch you guys play? Well, Hopefully that they get, take two things out of it. That um, winning is part of Newman, all right. I, and I know that, um, especially last year and this year with COVID and everything like that, the wins haven't come in the actual win column sure. on on the on the page for us. Um, but winning is part of Newman. Um, there is a standard of excellence on the baseball field here that that needs to be appreciated. Um, and I think from the other side of it is. When guys come back, they have a reason to come back. Even if it's to just, I don't want to use the word narcissist, but even if there's that ego <laughs> that they need to fill, that they see their name 
put up on on the wall out there, sure. then, then so be it. But I want them to come out to the field. I want them to watch our game, come to practice. Well, and, and they talked to, the, the, you know, I think that talking from other perspective and, and from other Newman players, former Newman players, I should say, that I've talked to, they've talked about how the guys before them mm-hmm. were at their games. Right. And so, you know, that would be great to have the, the former players at your games as well. And right. then the players who are here now are, are coming back in, in a decade or, or two to, to just keep it all going right right and I think that you you take an appreciation as a player for someone that that makes you want to be the best that you are for someone that was wearing the same jersey that you were you know I think um, there's a reason that big league clubs have former big leaguers show up at spring training every year you know there's a reason that the braves hire chipper jones as a field roving instructor (laughs) and andrew jones is that is because those guys did it at a high level and they can help promote the next era of players as well so um and that's what we're trying to get you know it's it's starting to get to that way i know kelly's come out to a couple of uh couple of practices and scrimmages um you know, I want to have more guys that are around here come out as much as they want. Uh, so I, I guess real quick, because I got other, a couple other questions. If there's a, a former player out there that wants to, to get in touch with you, what would be the best way to, to try to phone, Twitter, email? How, how do they reach you? I don't know. There's so many ways of social media now that I the, feel like just you, do there it. can't be one. Yeah. Um, because you guys are on Facebook as well. Facebook. So uh, what you're saying is basically just send you a message on social media. You, you'll, you'll reach if back. I don't get, if I don't get the message, Braxton or Bailey will get the message or Colin will get the message and it'll get to us somehow, some way. Yes. Yeah, so, they, yeah, Bra- and Braxton and Bailey, they're on top of the social media. They've been still doing a fantastic job for yeah. you this year. I, I did want to ask you about Paul Sanigor I mean, with the, the days named after him, I guess I got to ask you about him. Uh, what's it been like for you to, to make that connection with a former Hall of Fame coach that had so much success here and, and trying to duplicate that and obviously a much different era, NAIA to NCAA, um, but a guy that's still around, still works with uh, Bishop Carroll baseball at the high school level. Um, what's it been like to get to know him? You when you you know, when you're an assistant coach and then you become a head coach for the first time, you kind of get this high um, like you're, I don't want to say elevated, but it's a big somehow, deal. somehow knowledge just is supposed to go into your brain that, <laughs> yeah. that you didn't have as an assistant and then you become a head coach. Um, but the first couple of times I talked to him, there was a grounding, um, you know, humility uh, was had, you know, with especially, you know, it's one thing to, to meet a Hall of Fame coach. It's another thing to meet a Hall of Fame coach who won as much as he did, who literally built the program. Um, from scratch and and had the success that he did and that you know you kind of get that um, that feeling of of you know don't mess this up for him you know Um, and you know we 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 plug away every day trying to make it better Um, and the especially having Taylor with us last year there there was that that daily um, reminder that you know this is what we need to do. I think this is how he would want us to play and everything like that. And he's, you know, in talking with him, he, he understands the change in college athletics since when he was coaching. Um, but then every now and then he'll just give it, he's like, you still just need to play catch. And, it, <laughs> and it's true. And, you know, there's thousands of ways that you can do that. But at the end of the day, you still just need to play catch. You still just need to make contact and you still just need to run fast. So, um, so it's, been, it's been a humbling experience to get to talk to him. 
um, especially being around the area with how many people love him that ju- aren't necessarily Newman people that just sure. are baseball people in the area as well. So seniors, obviously a uh, big day for them on Friday as you, you guys will celebrate senior day with the double header. Uh, what's it meant to you to have these seniors departing your program? Obviously maybe the most challenging two year period, maybe in the history of college baseball, having to deal with everything, a season that they lost coming back. And, and obviously with you trying to start your program, what have these guys meant to you? They've they've done a really good job with transition. Um, you know, I think I think there was a little hesitation early on, which is to be expected, um, especially when you're a senior. You know, it's one thing if you're a sophomore or a junior and you know you've got more years. Um, but I, I, you know, I appreciate the effort that they've put in and working hard every day. You know, um, and, and the constant ability to try to persevere no matter what you know weather's a problem we're gonna we're gonna keep going i mean especially the start to this year where it was weather weather covid and uh, (laughs) first three weekends and it's you're sitting there like trying to trying to make them feel okay even though you're frustrated just as much as they are um but i think that they've done a pretty good job of of trying to persevere through the season trying to overcome um some obstacles as we go through last question for you obviously you know you've said many times you're not really judging this season by the win-loss record and there have definitely been some wins that have been on the table for you that you haven't quite been able to take advantage of but looking at the miaa uh, tournament standings miaa conference standings you're still in the thick of it and if you can start on, on a hot streak here and win these last three series, you're going to have a shot. And it obviously all starts with Rogers State coming up. So what are your thoughts on the Hillcats and what you need to do to get this series win and, and give yourself a shot here moving into the last two weeks of the season? I, I think if we can play the way we did on, in the game three against Pitt State and game two against Pitt State, um, I mean, we have a great chance over the last three weeks of the season. Now I think um, – it's not just going to be completely up to us. I mean, if they play well, it's going to be a grind. Um, I think we have the ability to play well. It's can we do it pitch after pitch, of course. every at bat and everything like that. You know, I, I think having the ability um, to still possibly make the conference tournament is something that we can play for. Um, it's, you know, it's a target that we can try to achieve. Um, but if, if we can go out this weekend really and play well, I think that shows a lot to the character of the guys in our program more than anything. We'd love to have you out there as well. Senior Day, Paul Sandigorski Day, this weekend, of course. Any of you guys out there who are looking to follow Coach Mouse on Twitter, Newman Jets Baseball, just search Newman Jets Baseball on Facebook. They don't make the social media links for Newman Baseball hard to find. So make contact. Love to see you out here for Friday, Saturday, the series, Paul Sandigorski Day and Senior Day. Coach Mouse, good luck. Appreciate it. Thank Appreciate you so much. It. Thanks for having me. We will be back with Kelly Gall and Newman Jets Athletics Hall of Famer when we return on the JetCast. Hi, friends. Phil Nightingale, General Manager at Mel Hamilton Ford. Right now, we have incredible deals on all new 2020 models. Plan now to get here fast for the best selection. And if you're in the market for a used vehicle, Mel Hamilton Ford has more cars, trucks, and SUVs than anyone else. Every payment, every price. All makes and models, not just Fords. Come see us today or shop us online at mhford.com. Let our experienced sales staff show you how easy buying a new car can be. Mel Hamilton Ford, taking care of customers since 1984. Experience the difference. Fact is, every insurance company hopes you drive safely. 
that Allstate actually helps you drive safely with DriveWise. It lets you know when you go too fast and brake too hard. With feedback to help you drive safer, giving you the power to actually lower your cost. Unfortunately, you can't do anything about that. Now that you know the truth, are you in good hands? Check out your Allstate agent here in Wichita, Mike Light, at 316-684-0121. Back here on the JetCast, of course, a big Newman baseball weekend. Last home series of the season coming up as the Jets host Rogers State. And on Saturday, of course, 1 o'clock for the first pitch, and it is Paul Sanagorski Day. And one of the guys, probably the best player to ever play for Kansas Newman College under Coach Sanagorski is sitting with with me uh, right here to my right if you're watching on the YouTube channel. We say in the open that this is for players, coaches, administrators, and more. And so Kelly Gall is the and more of that equation. Late 80s baseball player, catcher for Kansas Newman College, first team All-American, first team All-District, All-Area, player of the year, and he's still the record holder for batting average on base percentage in a season for Newman University. So great to have you on the show. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Well, obviously, you are in, the, by the way, if that wasn't enough accolades, and he's got several other records that, that Coach sent me, but uh, also a Newman University Athletics Hall of Fame member, class of 2015. What was it like to get your name called for that honor? Uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. It was, uh, it was an interesting class. There's been a lot of great athletes come through Newman and just proud to be part of it. Well, and... and from what Coach Ealing has told me, you guys, especially in that era, for whatever reason, not that the other eras have not stayed together as well, but he says you guys have stayed connected pretty well. What's that been like trying to keep that connection with those teammates that you had on those great Newman teams? Uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting because uh, back in the 80s, you obviously had the 83 World Series team. Um, interesting dynamic. A lot of those guys, uh, Rod Stevenson, who you're going to talk to later, uh, Sam Biedren, Ronnie Douglas, uh, Chris Kloss, and a bunch of those guys, you know, they used to come out and watch our games all the time. And it was interesting because you made a mistake and you didn't do things the right way, the Newman way. Um, and the Paul Sandogorski way before you got off the field, they were already yelling. They were already <laughs> on the fence yelling at you. You know, coach, sure. coach didn't really have to say a whole lot. Right. Um, so we got to know those old guys, uh, older guys, <laughs> uh, pretty well, um, and stay connected. And as far as, you know, my teammates, yeah, we, we still hang out. We play a lot of golf now that we're older uh-huh. and, uh, you know, Benny Hardo and I still umpire baseball. So, okay. um, it's, it's been, it's been nice. And, uh, interesting dynamic because you know i moved away for about 15 years um came back this year and uh picked up with some of my friends paul minor benny harlow and sure. some of those guys uh go play golf just just like it was yesterday it's, it's, it's a nice nice relationship to have well and what's it been like for you obviously i guess for you this wouldn't have, this wouldn't be as easy but now that you are back in Wichita, you know, you remember having the guys before you that you watched. What's it going to be like for you is now that you're here, now you're going to have the chance as Coach Mouse builds his program to try to watch some of the, the new guys in the NCAA era. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a different different way of doing things today than it was back in the old oh, days. Oh, I bet. Um, um, you know, talking with not only Coach Sanagorski because he still helps with Bishop Carroll and some of those other uh, baseball programs and – 
And Coach Mouse, uh, I knew him when my oldest son uh, finished up school at Henderson State, so I had okay. some previous experience with uh, with Drew Mouse. And um, but yeah, you can't coach the same way you used to coach. Well, um, what do you mean by that? And, and and like Coach Ealing said before we came on, you don't have to be political correct on this show. We're we're, we're we like to have fun on this show. So well, what do you mean by that? Well, I mean you know. Players hold each other, we used to hold each other accountable sure. quite a bit. Um, you know, Coach Anagorski was infamous for, for a quote he said probably to every team he ever coached when we didn't play well, uh, we're out running, you know, from the third baseline to center field, you know. Sure. sure. I built this blankety-blank field. <laughs> I'll tear the wall down and we'll run to the damn dorms if we have to. Um, you know, those kind of things. Um there, there's been a couple of games where we didn't hit real well. Uh, sure. Our team in the in the late 80s was known for um, hitting very well. Yeah, I and, know you were. And, um, you know, there, there were times in between, you know, the first and second game of a doubleheader where the uh, – and sometimes in the middle of an inning, the bats would just go flying out of the dugout because, <laughs> you know, he'd, he'd be mad and uh, sure. tell us we didn't. Go up there. We didn't need them. We weren't using them anyway. So, right. with, with a few extra words that sure. probably can't be repeated on on your podcast well, and here, but and we do appreciate that discretion. <laughs> but um, but no, you know, it was it was it was a lot lot different time. You know, um, uh, I think it was you know hold each other accountable. Coach held you accountable to a different level, and you know it's there's no there's no entitlement back then. Right. Sure. You know, you, you earned everything you got, and if you didn't earn it, you didn't get it. Well, and, and I know that from talking to Coach Mouse, that accountability, player accountability, coach accountability has been something that he's wanting to bring into his program. What's it been like for you as you've gotten to know Coach Mouse, obviously, through his previous stop at Henderson State, and now, of course, now that he's uh, leading the Navy in red? Well, I think I think he's on the right track. It, it's you know I think coaches today are a little bit hamstrung. Um, you got a lot of uh, club sports now that you didn't used to have. Sure. Um, so kids are playing you know individual sports. About you know baseball is what we're talking about. So at the young age of eight, nine, ten years old, they're in these club programs, and you know they, the parents pay money, and and all this kid knows is. You know, I'm dressed to the hilt, and I'm on this club team, and we travel, and you know, everybody's the best thing since got, sliced bread. Got and, nice and, equipment, and, and they don't they don't know any different, right? Sure. Um, you know, back back in the day, we didn't have those, and and you played multiple sports, and you spent time out in the the sandlot, so to speak, playing with your buddies, and and get your butt kicked once in a while. <laughs> sure. Um, there's a lot to be said about you know, no participation trophies type of like attitude, and it's good to get your butt kicked once in a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, very understandable. So uh, obviously with, with a guy being recruited around, you know, NAIA baseball at that time, as NAIA baseball there in the late 80s was a pretty big deal. There were a lot of really good programs. How did you end up on your journey coming to Newman University? Well, actually, I, I started off playing college football up in northern Iowa and, um, you know, was playing baseball and football and got hurt playing football mm-hmm. as, as a freshman. Decided to transfer to Clorinda, Iowa, another very uh, big baseball. Yeah, town. Clorinda A's, huge in the Mink League yeah. back in the day. Yeah, yeah, the Eberly family uh, has been really good to me um, through the, you know, the summer programs and even the JUCO there. And um, 
and then actually recruited by Wichita State. And obviously at that time they already had Eric Wedge. So, um, you know, had a visit. He turned out to be pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they did. And, um, and, and it was funny because, you know, I went there. Um, that visit didn't go very well. I called Coach Santagorski that afternoon, the evening, and he said, come out tomorrow morning and we'll try you out. And next thing I know, I'm a Newman Jet. You're a Newman so. Jet. Yeah, there you go. And, and not only that, but I know that uh, your, your son and daughter also got, got to come to Newman University, so it's kind of a, a family thing now. Yeah, yeah. My two oldest of the six uh, went to Newman um, and, and both graduated. So we're... Uh, we're happy of that, and then we moved, so it wasn't quite as geographically sure. convenient. Um, but, but yeah, yeah, the oldest one he played baseball here, and then and then finished up at Henderson State getting his master's. Okay, very very good. You know, what, what do you think? You mentioned kind of that 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 Coach Santagorski uh, moment, or, or maybe I should say a tirade <laughs> earlier on in the in the program. What what are some of your favorite moments of, of being with Coach Santagorski and and just of, of, about being around in that era of of Kansas Newman College baseball? Well, I think Coach Santagorski's um, kind of a really unique individual. He's got a very very high baseball knowledge but a very calming hmm. approach to the game with with some definite fire <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> sitting underneath there that volcano App- applied in the right dose at the right time yes. right yeah but probably some of my best experiences with coach were obviously um you know anytime i wanted to spend any extra time after game after practice hitting off a tee doing soft toss anything he was always willing to to stay and and give you some pointers um and then, you know, back, back in those days, you know, we thought we were, you know, high on the hog, so to speak, because we had two 15-passenger vans and pulled a U-Haul <laughs> when, when we'd go, go on uh, road trips. Um, and, you know, we never went on spring break, so to speak, like normal kids. Of course. We always went on baseball trips down through Arkansas and, and Oklahoma and things like that. So uh, I got to spend a lot of time in the front of the van, with with coach sure um you know just talking while everybody else was sleeping or right doing those other things in the back of the van and um those those are probably some of the moments i'll I'll cherish most about just traveling with coach and having just life conversations absolutely well he's quite a uh, father figure absolutely well and and i guess i'll i'll get you out of here on this you know obviously being paul santagorski day Wanted to have this last year, but couldn't because of everything that's going on. And so, you know, we've been waiting literally years for this moment. Um, what's it going to be like for you to kind of get everybody back together and see coach and have everybody out there on Saturday and, and obviously uh, important games for the Jets as well as they try to get their way back into the MIAA tournament picture. And uh, it could be a really great weekend if the Jets can win a couple of those games. Yeah, it'll be nice to see some of the old guys. I know there's a lot of the older players from the 83 team that are still in the area. Um, I don't know if uh, a couple other buddies of mine between the 83 and 88 time period, Tad Druitt, for example, is a big Newman uh, alumni as well in the Austin, Texas area. I don't know if, if uh, Zane, do you know? We don't know yet if. Maybe. Okay. Hopefully, hopefully some of those guys. Sure. But, yeah, that's that connection. I mean, it's drivable from Texas, so as he watches this on Wednesday, you know, you, yeah. there's still time to make plans. Tad, we'd love to see you, buddy. There, um, and, and, there, and there will be hotel rooms available. Yeah. I, I hear that Coach Ealing's buying, maybe. No? Okay, maybe not. So. Yeah. But, but no, <laughs> to, that, to that point, you know, 
there there are several times with those connections with those older players. Um, you know, I, I travel a lot for work, so when I'm in the San Antonio Austin area, Tad'll meet. We'll meet up and have dinner or something and catch up. But uh, but yeah, it'll be exciting to see a lot of those guys out there and um, see Coach again. I I do run into him frequently now sure. back in town. Um, so yeah, we're we're excited. Hopefully, we can. Uh, get some things going absolutely absolutely and hopefully it'll start this weekend three games set against rogers state once again the senior day festivities are going to be on friday doubleheader friday one o'clock and then paul senegorski day last home date of the regular season at mccarthy field one o'clock on saturday as well and it's paul senegorski day kelly gall he is a newman university athletics hall of famer the first hall of famer outside of billy murphy billy murphy is also in the hall of fame bowling coach you're the second non-current coach, first one of that ca- uh, class to be on the program. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. I appreciate being here. And we mentioned, he mentioned, some of those other guys from that 1983 team. Well, we're going to talk to one of them, Rod Stevenson. He's coming up next on the JetCast. Hey, boss, the backhoe was stolen from the Valley job. Great. And our computers were hacked last night, and they got some of our clients' information. Seriously? And your wife called. She said the dead tree you were supposed to tear down fell on your neighbor's roof. Ah, what am I going to do? I'd call Eck Agency. They're great at providing insurance solutions to protect your business, work comp, home, and autos before these things happen. Call or text Eck Agency at 316-303-1905 or visit eckagency.com. Great performances on the court do not happen without great support off the court. That's why Newman Athletics is excited to announce the opening of its new Aviator Club. We invite you to join us in the important mission of supporting the Jets. You can make a huge difference in the lives of our 300 student-athletes by signing up for one of the four club levels. Becoming a member is easy and will have a great impact on Newman Athletic Facilities, recruiting, and more. Plus, memberships come with privileges like game passes, discounts at the new online Jet Store, special events, and much, much more. So join today by clicking on the Aviator Club on our website, newmanjets.com. And as always, thanks for your support of Newman University Athletics. You like that bed music there? Yeah, it's pretty, pretty good. Uh, we do. I mean, we do real production quality here on the Jetcast. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Wrapping up and again, getting you set for Senior Day and Paul Sanagorski Day. Last home games of the regular season for Newman University coming up Friday and Saturday. One o'clock both days. Doubleheader will be on Friday. Uh, that's senior day. And then, of course, Paul Sandogorski Day as the Jets host the Rogers State Hillcats. Big, big games for the Jets as they try to climb back into the MIAA tournament race. Top eight get to go to the MIAA tournament this year. So you just heard from a Newman University Athletics Hall of Famer. Now you're going to hear from somebody who actually played on that 1983 <laughs> NAIA World Series. Series qualifying Jets team, Rod Stevenson. And I actually got the lineup here. He actually brought in a bunch of scans. He's going to send it over. They're going to get it archived. But this is actually the program from the – and I know you can't see this great on YouTube, but he's actually got scans of the program, the lineup card. Looks like you were batting seventh as the DH in the in the World Series. Well, at least it wasn't ninth, right? I mean, <laughs> you, were, you were on the team. So, I mean, that, that's, hey. that's, uh, that's worth a lot to yeah. me. There's a story there, you know. What, when what I, is the when story? I, when there? I first when I first came on to Newman, and and it's a long story, but you know, without Paul, I, I've got plenty of time. Without Paul Sandigorski, I wouldn't have had a baseball career. I started at uh, I went to Garden City out of high school. 
I was cut as a freshman. Mm-hmm. I had a battle back and make the team as a sophomore. I played when we were way up or way down. Sure. But I learned I learned the game. And that was Joe Slobko's team at that time. But Paul kind of rescued me from that because between my sophomore and junior year, I didn't know where I was going to go. That summer, probably the last doubleheader that we had that summer, Paul was in the stands. And I, 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 I try to recollect, I, I don't remember if I knew he was there or not, mm-hmm. but I had a big day. I mean, I hit the ball well. I even, you know, back then I was a small catcher, so I, I was a little bit a little bit fast for a catcher. Sure. So I, I had some stolen bases and hit the ball. And, you know, after the – you know, I was the last guy at the ballpark because I'm a catcher. I got to gather all my stuff up. But I get to my car, and there's Paul. And, you know, I had been kind of lobbying with some of the guys that I knew, uh, Villapondo, Coaster, Maurer, some of those guys that had been playing for him. And I think they were there as freshmen, sophomores. Well, here we are getting ready to enter our junior – or, you know, line up a junior year. I don't have any place to go. And, you know, nobody knows who I was because I didn't start and didn't play a lot at right. Garden City. So here I am in the summer. And, you know, I've been asking those guys, hey, you know, is, are there any slots? You know, what do you think? And trying to lobby with those guys to get a good word in for me. Anyway, Paul's waiting for me in the parking lot and offered me a deal, kind of a, hey – I don't have anything yet, but, you know, if you come on, you know, I was a good student. I mean, I had decent grades and all that. So I started with an academic scholarship. You know, he said, if you want to come on out there, we'll get you hooked up that way, and then we'll go a semester or whatever and maybe get you onto a baseball deal later. And I'm like, I'm in. Sure. So, <laughs> Absolutely. So that's kind of, you know, how he, he rescued my baseball career. But, uh, you know, uh, when I got there as a junior – I would, you know, I knocked a couple guys out. I mean, I started splitting time with a couple of them, and then, you know, I hit my way into the lineup, and I was catching quite a bit. Right. Well, then fast forward to our senior year, Brett Reynolds came in. I think he had left the University of Texas. His brother was in the big leagues, and, you know, he's on the scene. I knew Brett because I played with Brett at Garden City. Uh Uh-huh. All right. Brett was a player. He could hit. He had a big arm. All of a sudden, now Brett's catching. Yeah. And I'm relegated to DH. But, you know, I, with that team, I was happy to be, you know, in the, in the lineup. Well, I, was, I wanted to ask you about yeah. that. Going into that season, because, I mean, that, that 80s decade, I mean, a lot of Paul Sandogorski's teams were really yeah. good. But going into that season, when did you know, like, boy, we got a chance to be really good this year? You know, I, it's kind of Paul was a great tactician, and I'll tell you, even to the in the recruiting end of things, he he knew the pieces of the puzzle. I think that that he needed to be successful. I mean, he was successful way before I got there. Sure. I and mean, those guys were were battling for the District Ten and everything in the NAI at that time before I ever got there. So when I came on, I knew the guys I was playing around. I knew I knew Coaster and and uh, you know Mercer and Maurer and some of right. those guys that that were going to be part of that group, and I knew. It's a good team. Yeah. And, you know, Paul's a good coach, but he he made people – he put people in spots to be successful. I mean, he, he was a great tactician. He was a chess player when he was coaching against checker players. I mean, if you want to you know, put that analogy to it. But sure. The guy – I think when we first started working out, I knew some of the guys that we were coming in there with and I and played, playing against them, with them and against them in the summer, and I just knew that – we had a really good chance before we ever played the first game through the first pitch. Well, these guys were good. And after you got on the field, when did you take that maybe that premonition, like, hey, we could be really good, and then realize, like, 
wow, I mean, we are really good. You know, again, almost we would go out there knowing we were going to win. I mean, that's the kind of confidence that he, he got us. Of course, preseason workouts, boot camp, and, you know, Kelly, everybody that's been through it knows what that's all about. You know, you go through boot camp and you're, you're feeling a little bit, uh, you know, armor-plated anyway. You feel – you know, like you're you're so stout, you're probably in the best physical shape you've ever been. What what explain to us <laughs> Paul Sanagorski boot camp. What yeah. what's that ex- and and Kelly who's who's in Man. who was in segment two, he's back yeah. there laughing. Yeah. So I, I need to hear this. What is boot camp if you're a Paul Sanagorski baseball oh, player? Oh man. I can remember laying out in the gym, you know, it's of course it's wintertime then, you still got snow coming down and everything else, the wind's blowing. You're in the gym floor, and usually, I won't say the temperature's turned up, but it's not cool in there. Uh-huh. And you're all, you know, you do these leg lift deals that I can remember Paul walking up to me in particular one time, and he's like, man, for a catcher, you are so weak in the gut. You know, <laughs> I, you know, it's like, you know, I do some of those. You're supposed to, you have a guy standing over you. Sure. And you got a hold of his ankles, but you're, you know, you're doing those leg lift deals like that. I don't know what they're called, but get you in the lower back, get you in the gut. And, yes. I, and and I'm one of the first ones to start, you know, start folding my legs or doing it wrong. And he's like, what is going on? You're a catcher. You know, <laughs> you know? I mean, you do that. You would, you would do the, you do a lot of uh, lines, a lot of sprints. And we called those something else too. There, you know, just, there was just a lot of, a lot of training as far as just cutting weight, getting you, getting you chiseled to where you were ready to endure a season. And, and I can remember then pitchers and catchers, and Kelly would know that. Pitchers and catchers, you know, road work. You know, you're going to do that stuff, and then pitchers and catchers have their own thing you got to do. Sure. And I, mean, you can, I guess you could duck out of that, shy away from whatever, but if you do that, you know, it's going to affect you later on. And, you know, don't ever get caught doing that. Yes. You know? <laughs> By your assistant coaches or whatever. So I did the I, – I feel good about having done the legwork with my pitchers because it kept me – Kept me strong. You kept your foundation strong and kept your body tuned up. Well, you you talked about playing for Coach Santagorski, and you mentioned yeah. how he was he's playing chess. Everybody else is playing checkers. Yeah. And we've talked with Kelly and you kind of about the Kelly talked about the life lessons that he got to learn sitting yeah. in the van, going on road trips throughout oh, yeah. you know the NAIA. Yeah. What's the mental? You talk a little bit about the physical aspect yeah. of playing for Coach Santagorski. Yeah. What's the mental aspect? How did he approach mentally? day-to-day approaching the game every at-bat, or maybe in your case as yeah. part of the battery every pitch. Yeah. What's what's that like if you're playing for Coach Sanagorski? You know, I, I keep going back. He, he put guys in, in positions to be successful. I, I think of a doubleheader at, at St. John's University, which they're, they're not even on the map any longer. But back then, I can remember going down there. We were playing a, a, soft, you know, a soft lefty pitcher, and he knew this guy or knew about him, had seen him before or whatever. And this is just just an example, you know, and it relates to me because that's what I remember. But it's the only only day in my life I've ever hit two home runs in a ball game. Okay. But this lefty was working everybody outside. Well, my natural I, – I didn't pull anything. And it, it almost looked like when I was hitting I was a mistake hitter because I would look for that pitch outside. And Paul knew that. I didn't catch a lot. And when, that that go around, Brett got most of catching. I did – I DH'd. Right. You know, relegated. We did some back and forth stuff, but that game I was catching, and that guy was working outside. Early in the game, I hit him over the right center field wall, and I, you know, 
and, and I was on it. I felt good that day. <laughs> well, later on in the game, same deal. I think the guy thought it was a mistake or, you know, my hit, my connection with that was a mistake. So he throws another one out there and they did the same thing. They both left the park in the same spot. And Paul, he, he knew something about that or I wouldn't have been in that spot, but he, he just, you know, continually, he, he could tell the way you were working out, the way you were warming up. I think he could tell you really didn't know till he put the lineup card out there, you know, what was going on. Sure. But I think that's because he was, he was watching every little detail. And if you, if you weren't particularly on it that day, he, had a sense for that before the you know the lineup card ever got posted. I mean, he might make a switch right right then. I, you know, he just I think he was successful because he just was paying attention all the time. Well, Coach Ealing mentioned yeah. you know a big deal for for your team in particular was beating Emporia State. Oh yeah, being it. Well, yeah. well I mean, so we got to hear about this. <laughs> so what what was yeah. that like to finally get the Hornets, and then obviously tell us about the experience of of getting here to the NAI World Series, uh, you know, hosted by Lubbock Christian, which went on to become a Heartland Conference member as Lubbock Christian University with the Jets yeah. for over a decade. Yeah. But what was that like beating Emporia State, getting over that hump, and then, you know, making the NAI well, World Series? The, the, there were two or three, I mean, I mean the highlights, when you, if, you, if you said what was the, you know, the most memorable, there were so many of them, uh, you know, I, I can't remember them all. But of there was one time I can remember being behind the plate and they had, you know, they had a lot of speed guys. I can remember they had they had a guy at a real pivotal time in the game, and you know, I I just I didn't feel like I really had it that day behind the plate. I threw one of their fastest guys out, and it like turned the game. I mean, it turned the entire day. In fact, it was kind of controversial at second base. Close call. I remember the umpire Tim White was on the bases, and uh, Bob Shearer was behind the plate, and Tim made the call at second base. I mean, I. I mean, it was bang, bang. I had the pitch right where I needed it, you know, in stride, and I threw the guy out, and it just, I mean, it shut the running game down, and it is like, you know, I'm getting goosebumps talking about it. Because <laughs> I wasn't back there that much, especially our senior year. I just, you know, I kind of got relegated to the DH spot, which, sure. I, you know, I hated it, but, you know, you got to look at what we're doing there. As a team, that's one one reason or way that we we beat the guys we weren't supposed to beat is because we were a team and we you know, we really loved each other that that team we played together if you look at the team picture i think there's 19 guys in that photo and if you look at you know teams now are built what 35 guys at least you sure. know with a pitching staff of 15 or 18 um we we knew our role and we accepted our role and in a lot of that you know sometimes that was you know hard to take but you know i think if you if you pulled the guys all the way up and down we were winners every time we went out we knew we were going to win i mean even when we got beat we got beat close i mean i don't think we ever really got blown out you know when we were that that year sure. like our record was it's on there 30 and 30 something and 20 you know whatever out of 50 games we won over 30 guys knew that you know, we're going to compete, and we were buddies. So, oh yeah, it was a team thing. You can take all the individual talent you want, up and down. 
if you don't play together, if you don't like each other, you're probably not going to win. Sure. And, you know, in the summertime, I do a college team in the summertime. Well, I, I was going to ask you about that, Kansas Cannon. So yeah. you're still kind of uh, – you're, you're still involved in college baseball yeah. in, in your own way, collegiate yeah. Woodbat League team. And that's yeah. been – you know, there have been some league changes for the teams in Kansas right. over the last few years. And, and obviously the NBC World Series has – kind of since you've started you – because know, you started that team. I think I talked yeah. to you about that on the radio. Right. right. KGSO back in 2015, whenever that was. But the NBC World Series since that time has really experienced a surge of growth. Um, So what's it like for you? Uh, Obviously, hoping that things are going to be a little bit more normal this season, I I am sure. But um, how's that like for you to stay connected with baseball, being the owner of the Kansas Cannons? I love it. It it, it takes enough time that I'm getting to where I'm I'm trying to maybe offload a little bit of that Uh just from the standpoint of the – the community over there, we play out of Augusta, and I'm trying to, to – they want to take ownership, and I need to give them that at, at some point. But somebody did it for me growing up, and that's why I started the Cannons. You know, I and, I and another gentleman, Owen Johnston, uh, you know, what, 10 years ago now, I guess. Our first season was 2011. And just from the love of it, you know, somebody did it for us. And I, my boys were playing college ball. I thought, you know, I need to do this. I wanted to do it sure. from a personal selfish <laughs> standpoint. You know, it had it had more to do with that. But you know, once the boys quit playing, I thought I'm a, you know I'm gonna stay at this a little while. Sure. And just the thrill of that level of ball. It, you know, those those guys are such good athletes. It's just fun to be around it. It's fun to be around them and you know throw it once in a while. And, and now I couldn't you know throw a ball from me to you. <laughs> but right. you know, it, it's been fun. It's just probably you know I'm probably getting close to the time I need to think about what else am I going to do, but I've enjoyed being around it and watching these guys come and go, and we've had some Newman guys, and, you know, it's just a a blast to be able to watch them go. Very few of them are ever going to get paid to play, but after that, it's like, okay, are you know, what are they doing? You know, some are bankers, some are lawyers, some are doctors, whatever, and it's just fun to see him move on. Well, we're, we're hoping that Coach Mouse is going to send you a couple couple more cannons uh, <laughs> uh, here in the next few seasons as well. Last question yeah. for you. Um, yeah. What are you looking forward to, obviously, Saturday, big day, and, and uh, kind of going to get some of the gang back together, hopefully, and, yeah. and hopefully watch a, a, hopefully a Newman sweep over the hill. There you go. It's gonna, it, it'll be a blast. Hopefully that, that gives, gives those guys a little bit of energy sure. to know that we're, we're sitting out there. But, you know, Clawson's flying into town. You know, one of our draft guys, you know, I don't know where Wang goes at, but, you know, he was our shortstop. It was a, a draft guy. And, it, you know, with the group that's coming in, we don't get together that often. It would just be a blast to see these guys again and and know that, that everybody's okay. You know, we this COVID thing has been a been a big curveball it for everybody. Been. But, you know, hopefully we can soon get onward and upward and the Jets can, you know, get back to prominence here. And the M- MIAA, too, I think it's a good opportunity for, Absolutely. for the guys to – to really have have a good run here. And the run to the MIAA tournament might begin this weekend. Once again, yeah, yeah. Jets are going to be in position if they can sweep the Hillcats. 1 good o'clock deal. for Senior good Day deal. on Friday and 1 good o'clock deal. for Paul Sanagorski Day on Saturday. Rod Stevenson, fantastic to have you on the show. Well, Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. That is our show for this week. We'll be back. Of course, we drop these every Wednesday at 6 o'clock. Like subscribe and share. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. And so until next time, Blake Cripps saying go Jets.